I'm Conrad Swift, and this is the Cardano Convo Podcast, a weekly podcast that gives a glimpse into the Cardano ecosystem. The Cardano Convo provides an easy-to-digest explanation of the projects that are being built, thoughts, and what's going on within the Cardano community. Today, I will be speaking with Jack Cochin, the co-founder of Vi Finance, a decentralized exchange that will be built solely on Cardano. In the world of decentralized finance or DeFi, Vi Finance is a unique project, so stay tuned. Hello, Jack. It's nice to have you on the show, and thank you for taking the time to talk with us today and answer a few questions about the work you're doing with Vi Finance. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here, and I'm really liking your setup. I like your YouTube channel and everything, so it's great to have this all come together. Oh, thank you. So, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what drew you to crypto in general? So to be 100% realistic about it, while I wasn't really a partaker of this market, when I first heard about Bitcoin, people would say that it was used for a bunch of interesting industries. This is a currency being used for a multi-trillion dollar industry, two multi-trillion dollar industries. So from that, I realized, okay, this has huge financial potential, but the technology of it's what really drew me in. The way a blockchain works is fascinating. And one day we might even have hash chains if computers get that good. But that and just, you know, community growth, being involved with like, but video games, communities, and whatnot growing up on the computer, especially when you're talking to people on these games, it will bring up stuff like this. And I first heard about it a long time ago. I can't even say when. Um, my Coinbase's oldest record is 2013, but I have if Circle Pay was still around, then I can get that one, you know? So I've been around for a while. I, I really like the idea of crypto, but most importantly, I've liked seeing it evolved. I have a Lightning node right behind me, but I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist. I'm a progress maximalist, you know? Yeah. Okay. And I feel like that's how, you know, it, it's just stemmed from there. I did not think Bitcoin would get to where it was today, though. Oh, my God. Like, oh, no, it, it's it's grown, most certainly. I remember if you look through some of the forums, you might see somebody calling somebody a moon boy thinking Bitcoin was going to get to $10. And now you're yeah. like, <laughs> well. And if you held, like, if you held from it when it was pennies and you genuinely thought it was going to be hundreds of thousands or something one day, you, you're, uh, you might, like, you're pretty crazy. I, I would never like even expect that. And I've been huge into Bitcoin, but to think $50,000 someday from something that was so cheap back in the day, most people I know who've held that long, including myself in some cases, not really Bitcoin, was, you know, uh, forgetting, which is probably the best way to do it, honestly. Oh, yeah. So you're not checking the prices every 10, 20 minutes, almost certainly. Yeah, all the anxiety. Vi Finance and your long-term goals with more community-focused projects like Vi Learn and Vi Charity sound terrific. Can you tell us how you and your team landed on these? Yeah, sure thing. So with ViLearn, that was one of the ideas of ViFinance is while it is a whole DeFi, everything you see behind me in that mirrored image is DeFi, but we will have one small CFI kind of an offshoot because, you know, you have to keep them separate to keep both things safe. And that would be a fiat on-ramp way down the line we're talking. And with that, we thought we could do ViLearn, which would be a good way to teach people while helping them to get crypto because this is Australian based, by the way. And in Australia, crypto is up and coming and it's got, they have wonderful laws with it. For example, me sending you a Bitcoin is equivalent to me building a chair out of wood and giving you that or selling you like um, a lighter or a cup or anything like that. It's, a, it's more of an object than in America where it's like six different things at once sometimes. Yeah. So with Learn, we wanna help Australians and you know you can tell I'm an American, but most of the company is Australian. My great friend is the primary founder. I want to help Australians, or as they call them, the young ones, Kiwis, which I think is adorable, get into crypto. 
it's they have such a good setup there, government wise, for crypto to be exploding in the future. And Vi Charity is just an sh- offshoot of another project we hope to get into. These are down the line, of course. These are way down the line. These are like goals to achieve. They can't even be promised right now. But Vi Charity would be our attempt at moving away from things such as, um, I don't want to say any specific names, but specific charities that are known to take big cuts where it's not necessary. So hopefully we can decentralize the idea of a charity to where people can see 100% in the transparency that the money is going where they want. Okay. Similar to how Cardano is allowing payments in ADA to different organizations. So just trying to make it seamless between the organizations. Is that it? Or how do you guys imagine that possibly going? I mean, both a seamlessness, but not to an organization that you would directly think of more. So um, like, for example, I can't really talk about this too much. So I can just say without saying their name that we are working already with a charitable organization that will be helping out certain communities in Miami, and perhaps countries that are unbanked, such as Haiti, Dominican Republic, perhaps. I can't get too into detail, so I have to keep it ambiguous, as you know. But oh, of course, hopefully, you know, they're unbanked, too. And that's part of the reason, as, as we'll get into in a bit, I bet you have a question for this. But why we chose Cardano, that is a big reason because of what they're doing in Africa and whatnot, becoming such an ecosystem. Oh, of course. Um, as to what you were saying, as you know, I'm a big believer in Cardano and its potential for decentralized finance. And I love that you're looking to build Vi Finance on the Cardano blockchain. Can you talk a little bit what made you choose Cardano? Yeah, so it was really Cardano. I've been a fan of Cardano for years. I heard it was getting the blockchain, the smart chain. And I was very excited to hear that because Cardano's run rather efficiently. I've done a lot of exchanges from Binance back when we could use it and Coinbase and whatnot. They're rather slow. That's because you're going through the exchanges. They have to do confirmations. You can even see it on Binance where it says waiting to confirm. Even after you've done your email and everything. If you do a direct Cardano to Cardano wallet transfer, it is extremely fast. The fees are really low, which is a caveat I'll get into in a second for tokens. But the fees are low, it's fast, and what's nice is it's scalable. I believe it beats Visa in its transaction scalability and in fees. A lot of people forget that Visa and MasterCard have fees, and that's the big anti-Bitcoin thing you hear. But when you actually look at the fees that Visa and MasterCard, that these shop owners have to pay, especially Mm -hmm. if you want to be a Visa direct acquirer or something like that, it's really high. That's why all those instant transactions from like Venmo and whatnot cost you money because they're doing a, a Visa direct transfer. Cardano beats Visa. And what, what they're doing lately, it's phenomenal to see. They're doing the stuff that crypto should be doing, like all the unbanked peoples, all the unbanked masses in Africa getting help with Cardano to get a proper financial infrastructure. And then you have Plutus. Haskell is widely considered to be a extremely difficult language. Programming it, I believe it's not object-oriented at all. I have a, if you're understanding of programming, I'm more so scripting, like Lewis script, that fun stuff. So, but with Haskell, it is a ridiculously difficult language. It's um, it's it's all in order. You really have to be thinking. It's like assembly, the way I think of it, although it's not, and I would not tell someone like a programmer that. But it's very in order, difficult. There's no objects that you can set up for yourself. But also, it's extremely efficient. Extremely efficient. If you meet the maniac who's learned Haskell, <laughs> he will make you a phenomenal product. Oh, most certainly. But... Another thing is, after reading through your team's light paper, I saw a really informative image on how Vi Hotel, Bar, Resort, and Bank all work together along with profit sharing. 
Could you explain these a bit more for our listeners or viewers? Yeah, so the hotel, the idea of that was originally we wanted to say you go on vacation in a way because this was during COVID. So our original marketing strat, temporary, of course, would just be the whole go on vacation. It's, you're locked down. However, now it's more toward their money's going on vacation. And, you know, that's kind of the idea of DeFi. Your money is working for you. It's relaxing in somewhere, getting fantastic APR because you are also helping out a protocol for something that they need. So the hotel would be, it's actually been slightly renamed now, but we still do use these words and resort, for example. The hotel would be part of this ecosystem that you see behind me right now. Even though it's mirrored, you can still get a good gist of it. There's three separate parts of the ecosystem. The most important one that you talked about was the bar, which is what I'll be getting into. That is the most important and its name will remain the bar. So at the top, we have an auto harvester. We wanna be the first, if not one of the only auto harvesters on Cardano. We're using a neural net to accomplish that. You don't have to do that. If you do, the efficiency potential is extreme. And we have people helping us out with that because neural nets are annoying and require random forests. You need to have data to feed these neural nets. So we have, we're working with Propella.ai, the minds behind it, not the company itself, to have a neural net developed for our auto harvester because we can. And if you can, you should, in my opinion, when it comes to neural nets, a properly trained neural net would be phenomenal. So that would be your neural net auto harvester. A good example of that right now that we don't mind talking about, Harvest Finance, check it out. It's ERC20, I believe, and now BSC. And then, so the auto harvesting, yield farming, that's kind of hand in hand, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we have liquidity pool exchange. That's exactly what you think of when you think of DeFi. And this is also visible on our Facebook and other stuff where it's not mirrored. But the third tier on the bottom is our trust fund. So being Australian gives us a nice little ability and this would be, I believe, the resort. I'm not 100% because now we're just referring it to directly as a trust fund to keep it so people are more understanding, especially if English isn't their first language. So with the trust fund, being Australian gives us this fantastic ability, or being Australian-based, to have our prop firm. If you ever, When you see my title, I'm CIO of the prop firm, soon to be hedge fund, and managing director of, of the DeFi. Because as you and I joked about earlier, uh, DeFi having a CEO would be silly. Oh, yeah. Or CIO. Or it, it, that makes no sense, too. So we can, though, incorporate users to stake crypto to our hedge fund when it is a proper hedge fund. We're getting we're going through ASIC. That's their SEC. And no KYC. You don't I don't need to know your name or anything like that. You sign in on your wallet. You stake to that, which is nice because it's a hedge fund. It goes against the market. So market's doing well. I'd I'd probably put my money. You know, I'm not telling people what to do. Here's what I would do literally in the auto harvester. Market's doing solid, maybe the liquidity pool, a nice sideways. Market's doing down, like market's going iffy all over the place, downwards even. The trust might be the move because that's a hedge fund. And, you know, they literally hedge against the market. People who are unfamiliar with how a hedge fund works, they typically go against the market, use a bunch of weird options. It's very fun, very stressful. So the bar in the middle, though, let's say you don't know what you want to do. Crypto's trending sideways. Some cryptos are going up, some are going down. The market is completely uncertain. You go to fear and greed, it's fear. It's just full fear all the way. The bar would be a good option then. Uh, The bar is good to consider when you are uncertain of what to do because 15% of the profits made on our end, that's not taken from you, goes to that bar. So the the bar, I would say, of what you just asked would definitely be the most important key to that ecosystem because if you're unsure what to do, which is the big um, hexagon in the middle, if you're unsure what to do, you could just put to the bar. Is that a hexagon? Yes. Which gives 15% of each part of it, including the swap, taken from us again, and you will be able to stake passively against the entire ecosystem, which is, um, I think there's a few DeFi that have done that before, but we want to do that on Cardano. 
And one more thing that we're kind of doing differently is this right now. I know so many people, or I know so many projects who are anonymous. Even after we've had that whole rug pull, flash loan, all these attacks left and right, I don't see why you should be anonymous in this space. I'm trying to get a product going. I need to get my face out there. I want to do this legitimately and correctly, you know? Oh, yeah. I completely understand. And I do see the utility in having being anonymous. But yeah. the problem is it's hard to build trust when you're anonymous because, again, as you said, with rug pulls, people just up and running with the money. like, And with there being no recourse, that's a tempting choice for those individuals. But I'm glad that you guys aren't doing the anonymity. That's, I think that helps to build trust with your viewership as well. We're mainly only we are doing anonymity in one front, and that's just phones. Because why? You know, you know, in crypto, never to give out your phone number. It's oh, dangerous. You'll get sim swapped. So that's the only one. If people want to contact me, we have our telegrams very public, and we'll be getting business numbers soon. Where you know, like throw away in a way. But also, one more thing that you said that reminded me of really quick is the trust will be done through Australian government trusts, meaning the government doesn't actually have access to the coins. But if we were to try to take it all and run, we would immediately go to jail. So oh. it keeps us safe, the people safe, and it also keeps us safe from a hacker because it's, it's split into three different trusts for the three branches that you saw earlier. So God forbid something awful happens, we have redundancies. Well, and there's no reason not to, you know? Oh, of course. Um, so you've touched on this a little bit, but I was hoping you could talk a little bit about how you see Vi Finance standing out from other competitors like Cardax, SundaySwap, or ADAX? I would say the best way to define how Vi Finance is different than the others is that we are not a straight fork. We have so many interesting niche plans, such as the auto harvester being the first crypto, I believe, in any space, in any chain, to have the hedge fund staking. When it's a proper hedge fund, I must say, because right now it is a prop trading firm. But other than that, we lack anonymity in the right sectors. We do only have one anonymous dev because he's stayed anonymous and he's not actually staying with us for long. He's just helping us out with a little front end stuff. He's a friend of mine. Other than that, though, it's everyone that you will see is fully there. Dev keys will be thrown away. And if we can publicly show us getting rid of the dev keys, we will. You, or the admin keys. You know, we, you don't want someone to just run in and do something like that. So you'll see projects publicly say like, We've gotten rid of this key or that key. We're going to do something like that as best we can. We really want to be transparent. And that's another thing I see compared from us to other competitors. Cardano has an impending token swap that many people will have to do because they set up their Cardano native tokens without the proper uh, variables. Some don't even have decimals. I don't. Vi Finance, you can get our token right now, but it is a token, and we're very clear about this, that will be swapped down the line. I've not been seeing many other companies talk about this impending swap. And I feel... If you're investing into a project, you should know 110% what you're getting. You should know the future even. You should know every potential risk. And one thing that I can say that we're doing differently, because I've been in crypto for so long, I've, I've done, you know, it's time to do it correctly, yeah. is to be extremely transparent, ridiculously transparent, because there's no reason not to be. And if someone comes through and tries to FUD or troll, and you're just really transparent, the rest of the community also joins in because it's crypto. When the coding's up, you will be able to see the programming. The only proprietary information that we won't have is the neural net, because you know that is, that's not really crypto. That's our neural net. But the way it connects through the Oracle into Cardano will also be public. And I'm not sure how public, because that's not actually how we're doing. That's our first major partnership lately, which was with Charlie 3. And we're not going on Cardstarter. 
Um, I don't want an ERC-20 token. We are Cardano through and through. We live and bleed Cardano. ERC-20 token to me is a cop-out right now. And I, we're not a fan of that. But we like Card Starter, though. I'm just saying we're not on it. A lot of people make the Charlie 3 assumption of Card Starter. They're helping us as an oracle to get the neural net up. So we have a lot of niche things going for us that we do plan on fully getting out there. We want to be a tool set for Cardano. And here's another good thing. If someone forks our coding, we want them to be able to fork it correctly. Meaning, it, it, not them, but the coding. On Uniswap, Uniswap V1, SushiSwap V1, a lot of these V1s, first off, I must say that these are phenomenal programs with phenomenal developers. However, their V1s had inefficiencies, which is expected. No one's perfect, but it's when everyone forked those inefficiencies that you now have all these DeFi running with programming that's, it's not bad, it just could be better. And, you know, it's also, you're going to have to trial and error to get to that point. I'm not saying anything negative against these devs, but what we're trying to do is kind of future-proof that. We want to make sure that if someone forks our platform on Cardano and makes their own based off of ours, it doesn't hurt the system. They forked a good pro platform protocol with safe efficiencies, redundancies and whatnot kept in to keep you safe. And on Haskell, that's great too, because while I said earlier, Haskell can be a pain, it can also be extremely efficient. Okay. Um, one quick question I wanted to ask is with the liquidity pools, are you going with the 50-50 model or are you going to do like what Bancor's done, which is like a weighted so that the impermanent loss is kind of minimized? Like you guys have specifics oh. as to how you might be going about that or? So we'll probably be doing the two-way 50-50 um, for the most part. However, we balancing, it's really just right now, we're not really sure if Cardano smart contracts when they first come out, we'll be able to do that quickly, safely and efficiently. However, we do have something neat that I forgot to touch on earlier because it's it's iffy. It will come, but down the line, that neural net, the data that it grabs will be on the intra of these pools and then comparing to, I believe, the in-between, if you've ever done ANOVAs. And so it will be like that in a way where you will be able to see your impermanent loss in front of you. You'll see a percentage. You'll see a number. I don't know why other people don't do that. It's, it is inefficient to to do from a math perspective, but when you have a neural net, there you go. And with that, you'll be able to see your impermanent loss in front of your eyes. Oh, my impermanent loss on this farm right now is 16% down. And you'll know. Or you could have the impermanent loss where it goes the other way, where you would have gained more money for holding. It'll be very visual. We want to, I don't know about you, but I love stats. Yes. I love when I'm on like a game or whatever. And it's like, you've walked this many steps. When I'm like 90, I better somehow get like a, you've done this. You've yeah. taken this many steps. Well, that'd be phenomenal. So we want to, we want to do that there because People like numbers, and it helps people to see these numbers too. Makes you helps you to make a better decision. Almost certainly. And one thing I found is when I first stepped into liquidity mining or liquidity pools, is some of these concepts were a bit foreign to me. And again, since you guys are talking about also having Vi Learn, I think that's great to have there as well because I remember going in thinking, oh, I put in, I think it was BNB and Thorchain, so I. Put those in and i came back and i'm like wait i remember like because i use like coin market cap to keep track of what i've invested in and i saw i'm like these numbers don't line up what happened so you guys working on that vi learn as well i think will as well as having these numbers available to people is going to be really enlightening yeah and um also with your yourself with your youtube channel thing we could even have one of your videos somewhere because I've, I really like how it's going. It's an educational channel. 
And like we were discussing earlier, some nails aren't mouth agape with all that stuff. But there is a reason people do that for sure. Oh, yeah. But, but it's nice to see it sticking out and not the case, you know? So, yeah, um, with ViLearn, we really hope to just help people get the basis of this. I speak at conferences lately teaching this kind of stuff, and permanent loss is definitely the hardest thing to talk about. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it, it's, a, it's like a, it, just explaining it confuses people. Oh, most certainly. It, it took a little while, multiple videos before I'm like, because it's not a solid concept. It's, it's yeah. similar. There's, there's investment ideas that are more like algebra. Like they're easier to understand. They're more substantive, like more solid. And then you have more calculus like ones where you're like, oh, this isn't as solid. It's kind of more, you have to think it through and then understand this intangible thing. And you're like, oh, which theoretical exactly you know, that's when it gets wild oh yeah um one thing is could you, i know you've touched on it a little bit but could you tell us a bit about the roadmap for vi finance and the vico system and do you have an expected release date for vi finance we hope to go live with the main net the roadmap i would like to get into finite detail on but i wouldn't for the same reason of cardano's uncertainties you know like yeah. for example they just they said august now to september and I think mm -hmm. that's even uncertain and it might go backwards now, which is, in, you know, it, it's it's an ecosystem we're trying to keep up with. Testnet just came out, so we can actually start programming this stuff. However, for the roadmap, we even say on the page, the roadmap is very up in the air because we do have to rely on Cardano giving us the tools to do what we need. And we also need um, Haskell developers to just start picking up Plutus, which I do hear Plutus is a little easier, much like how Solidity is easier than JavaScript, they say, uh, slightly. But so with the roadmap, that being said, it's really going on Cardano's term. I would actually encourage people not to look at our roadmap or even most projects roadmaps on Cardano because no one, we, there's just too much uncertainty. Talking to the team directly, would, I would say would be the best way to go about it. But I, like your question is getting to the progress of the company. So I would say we hope to launch with mainnet, like as it goes, we go with it. That would be the goal. That, um, launch will have basic swap functions. So it's pretty much is the roadmap going off my head. Basic swap functions definitely be at the first. The things like flash loans that will come last, that's not our priority. And also the offshore bank, which is just another way of, that's going to be part of the um, fiat on-ramp as well as one of the trusts and whatnot to keep people, to keep people having the ability to do the hedge fund thing. Because, you know, that that's very new. So we have to make sure they can do it correctly. But that also, a lot of these things will be coming in time. You know, we want to hope to launch with just a basic swap, liquidity providing abilities, of course, and benefits from that. But then farming, stuff like that, yield farming, all that, auto harvesting, that'll probably be coming up closer with the neural net. Those will be hand in hand. And then the trust fund would be last, the hedge trust fund, because we need to get full ASIC licensing before that. And we are in process. We are talking to the Australian securities like a setup over there because it's ASIC and someone else. And once we have both of those licenses fully, we'll be a hedge fund. But that is usually what I have to ask Steve about, you know, because he's the Aussie. Yeah. I'm up here in New York. But so far, I would say as far as the roadmap goes, we are trying to adhere to our goals. However, you'll have to realize like, um, and you meaning you plural, like anyone hearing this, any dates on the roadmap, any months, anything like that could be moved plus two, minus two months, whatever, with Cardano. If they tell us, look, um, mainnet isn't up till XYZ, then that's the truth of the matter, you know? And we have no intentions of going on another chain right now, unless they want to pay us to make the cross chain bridge or whatever, something like that. 
and we're still going to be predominantly Cardano because that's our goal, you know? Oh, most certainly. And that's been a reoccurring theme. So I've when I've talked with projects or people within the Cardano community, you can you could have your Vi Finance ready tomorrow, but it won't make a difference if Cardano's smart contracts aren't there. So that's why I know it's it is frustrating because as you said, I remember making a video and talking about, oh, Charles says the roadmap right now shows that their smart contracts will be out at the beginning of August. And then we saw the next Cardano 360, the Alonzo roadmap, and then the Alonzo roadmap was like, yo, it's going to be out at the beginning of September, which I mean, I know my eagerness wants it out as soon as possible. I understand that. And I'm sure yeah. everyone else is similar in that facet, but I also think we've seen how Cardano releases things and they've been doing it well. It's not a run in, break things and kind of patch it up as we go. So, I mean, but I do understand that can really affect roadmaps for projects like you or projects that rely on smart contracts. Yeah. And it's going to be neat because it's also, it's half, it is mostly what you said. And then it's also, now we have like, it's so hard to find Haskell devs. We have a few Haskell devs, but I keep wanting to say it like Pascal, the other language, but no. Um, it's hard to find Haskell devs, and especially ones that have already been learning Plutus. To, to find one right now and start him off in the Plutus Pioneer program is a little late for our goals. We do have devs, and we're getting more, but it's just, you know, that's one of the many issues right now. It's half getting programming on this weird, somewhat antiquated, yet very efficient language, and then hoping that it actually has a blockchain to run on. That being said, testnet will be public when it's available to be public. We want people to mess around on the platform, have a fun time. We want people to find bugs. There will be a bounty program to find bugs. You know, decentralized auditing in a way. That, and that's another issue with the roadmaps and progress and whatnot. Auditing, who's going to audit us? <laughs> no one speaks Plutus yet. That being said, though, there are companies that are getting into that that we'll be able to speak to. So that's good. Oh, of course. And I imagine, as you said, bug finding, probably stress tests as well, just to see if the system can handle that much going on at once, I imagine a lot of that test net will be ideal for it. But yeah. And um, the, one of the issues right now, when it comes to progression and even airdrops and whatnot, and like expected release and whatnot, would that be is that if I want to send you a token, it costs 1.4 to 1.8 ADA. And a lot of people also get a little confused because they see this 1.4 ADA come in and they're like, where's my airdrop? they have to check the assets section. So that 1.4 ADA to 1.8 is around $2. That adds up so quickly, as you could guess, with airdrops. So we have to make it one per person. It's an airdrop. It's not on the DeFi. It, on, to be 100% real with you, it's, it can be as CeFi as we please. It's not on the DeFi. The DeFi, once it's launched, will be its own protocol with governance in and of itself, because you know a DeFi should have governance. Yeah. But... Right now, the airdrops are IP, uh, IP locked. If someone wants to try to get two airdrops from the same IP, we don't let them anymore. We did it early on, and then we saw way too many bots. They didn't even try to hide the emails that were duplicates. And, they, and then we get emails saying, why didn't I get my like 20 airdrops? I just filled out 20 forms. It's like, because we don't want to spend $40 on one person when we could be decentralizing the platform and helping everyone in the future. The more people who separately get these airdrops, and then a stake when the platform comes out with, you know, all DeFi come out with high APRs to help get the token out. When that happens, though, it'll be fully decentralized because of all these different people with their airdrops and different ones. 
even with presale, we have a limit on the max that people can buy. Because again, it's not a DeFi yet. So we don't want a whale to come in, get all of the tokens, get a stranglehold on it. And then that same governance protocol that's supposed to keep us safe is now controlled by the whale. So with airdrops and everything, we're, we're handling it very carefully. It costs a lot of money right now to do them, but that won't be forever. The smart contracts will fix that. But until then, um, yeah, airdrops will have to be one per person with uh, you know the IP thing. And the fee is the big issue with that. But as that goes away, it'll get better. And so far, we've had great airdrops, and we plan to probably do another one or two. It, they're completely random, 100% random. Um, we do that for the sake of helping out our social medias. Just to be 100% realistic with you oh, yeah. and transparent with our community, people will stay in a community if they know that there's a random chance of getting the airdrop. And we like that. And our communities are like our Discord is not about Wi-Fi. It's a trading hub that's hosted by Wi-Fi. People talk about whatever in there and they have, a, you know, that's the goal. Oh. And then hopefully they get an airdrop while they're at it, you know? Oh, of course. No, I'm sure everyone's seen that. And it helps to bring the community together because where somebody might jump in, get an airdrop, sell it and move on. You get people who are actually interested in staying and seeing how the project doles out while they too are actively participating in the community. Yeah. And, and this helps the people too, you know, no one wants to see a token they bought go down because of people market selling, having weak hands and all this. They, and they want to see a properly decentralized protocol. So when I explain to the users that that's why we're doing airdrops strictly like that, that's why we're having maximums on our pre-ICO uh, private investments, it's because we want to keep us safe and you. No user wants to hold a token that's just going down in value because they didn't set up the tokenomics correctly or anything like that. Steve is a financial genius. He's our main founder. And I really care about marketing and transparency and communications. So I feel with that, we will have a hopefully, you know, great protocol. Okay. And and aptly decentralized, which is very important to me. Oh, most certainly. And that sounds good. Last question before we wrap up. Will your token allow for community governance or other utilities outside of profit sharing? So we will have govern governance from the token. Um, that's how we plan to do it moving forward. Because um, from a from a legal, straight up just legal perspective, law perspective, the less the DeFi is out of our hands, the more of a DeFi it is, the safer we are. Because keep in mind, um, this is a cryptocurrency. People have launched DeFi's in America, and they have nothing had come to them because it's out of their hands. And what happens then is, oh, they just programmed it, but then they released it. It's now on the blockchain. It's doing whatever. So with governance tokens and utilities that are relying in those governance tokens, and perhaps we might have a denominative token as well for like LP, for the specific bar LP. Um, with that specifically, though, it will be ultimately decentralized. When you have governance, when you have full governance, full reliable on the community, and you do it in a way where it's done correctly to where whales can't mess it up and become the new directors, then it keeps it pure DeFi. That's what we want is pure DeFi, even to the point where we we won't have much governance tokens ourselves. We have um, vesting periods. You know, I'm going to get mine slowly over four years. Okay. Which I did hear what you were talking about, about keeping that at bay. And I was hoping you'd touch on vesting, like vesting periods, because the one thing oh, I think a lot of people look at, I've heard vesting periods between like four years. That way somebody doesn't get all the, like, so you have a slow burn so that people are, like the developers, the people who started it have a vested interest, which I mean, yeah, kind of fits with the, the term. And itself. then if, if someone gets salty, they can't 
rug pull, not the you know like the the other type of rug pull where someone just leaves with a lot of money. They can't do that now because the, the vesting. But at the same time, you've definitely heard this because it's happening lately. Some people, I, don't, I haven't seen this on Cardano yet, but some companies want like seven year vesting periods. You, I don't know if you'll exist in seven years, you know? Oh yeah. And this is for buyers. Almost so like, certainly. And I mean, so interesting. Given the cryptocurrency industry is, I don't know, what is it? Let's say it started really in 2010, was it? It's so yeah, 11 it's... years. So you're going, oh, this market has only been around for 11 years. Seven year vesting period. It's like, oh, like, yeah, right. Tell me another industry where you're expected to like have a vested interest for what is nearly, oh, it's almost two thirds, if not. Of the whole time the market's been around. I mean, cool. Like, it's, it's speculation for sure to be an early adopter. But at the same time, like, you're taking that risk and the potential benefits, you know? Oh, most certainly. I mean, there's a there's a balance to be struck, for sure. It's Yeah. You don't want a six-month vesting period because then, unless you can get the whole project up, going, running. But even then, it'd still be iffy. But then, yeah. seven years, that's... No, like you, that's like a four. lot of confidence. I think it's a good though. number. It is right. It's uh, when I heard that, I was like, damn, you've got you got balls. Because even then, with this, with four years, once four years have passed, it's not like I will up and leave Vifi or anything like that. I love this. This is my child. So, yeah. um, but you know, the time may come where my role becomes a more passive one years down. So I think the four year vesting period works perfectly. It's not like I'm going to sell my tokens when I literally have a hedge fund and bar to stake them to by the time I'll have them all, you know? Yeah. And that being said, um, our tokens, if we like, we have already mainly decided that if we ever do sell company tokens, we'll be transparent with people. Here is the inquiry for where your money went. And some people want their money to go purely into development. And it's like, we can only pay these developers so much. They don't like magically get faster, you know? Yeah. So we will be straightforward and going, oh, hey, this hired a YouTuber, this hired this, this did this, this did that. And it people should be, I've noticed people get a little antsy about that, but they should be happy because us getting marketed makes your holdings potentially better. Potentially. Oh, of course. And that's one thing a lot of people don't take into account. As you said, yeah, you can pay your developers so much, but there's a taper off point. Like you can only get so much work done so quickly. And then people, if they're complaining about marketing, it's like it, you could have the greatest product in the world, but if no one knows about it, it, that doesn't help. You have to get the idea out there. You have to get the product out there and show people before they can, because if somebody can't buy something they don't know about, like, yeah. And you get diminishing returns. That's the word I was like looking for. That's I used it, to play yes. a lot of World of Warcraft, so diminishing returns is stuck in my head. Yeah. Because <laughs> some moves are just really good and you want to keep using them. But it's for the same reason. I, you can't just throw money at a developer. Your price-to-performance ratio starts to flatten out and go down after a while, you know? Oh, of course. Um, of course, all the links for Vi Finance will be down below. And this has been super informative, and I really appreciate you taking the time to chat today. Before we go, how can listeners get involved with what you're doing or how can people best support you and your team? So I would say the best way to support us like for completely free, if you want to if you want to help out by finance for free and you want to really help us out, all you have to do is send a tweet with a relevant hashtag like ADA or DeFi or something that works so well, especially because then people look up ADA or DeFi. And if they see a few different tweets that talk about Wi-Fi that 
It's a fantastic grassroots organic marketing and it's free for you to do that. It's the best thing you could actually do. It's actually extremely helpful just to talk about Wi-Fi, say something positive and put a hashtag, but don't like to anyone watching this, don't lie. You know, be, be 100% realistic, just like we try to be. Don't make any oh, false yeah. promises about Wi-Fi. But also, the best way that you can get in contact with us in person and see me and uh, hopefully Steve, because, you know, Australia is extremely strict with their lockdowns, but it's getting light now. So we go to these all the time. We go to conferences all the time. Here was Shitcoin 2021, which I love the name of. That was run by my friend Ken Bozak. Ken's a great guy. And um, this was Miami Crypto Experience run by my friend Wayne uh, Marcel. These two guys are going to be doing some awesome stuff in the future. So definitely like check out. We're going to be at this one. Actually, there's a second one coming up September 30th to October 1st. Miami Crypto Experience 2. It's not like Bitcoin. If you buy a ticket right now, you're not going to be spending like a thousand dollars or something silly like that. And I did go to Bitcoin 2021, but we're an altcoin. So, you know, we can't we couldn't really have a booth there. I was there with my trading terminal friend. But yeah, we, you can see us at conferences and stuff. We really want to be around. And I'm a New Yorker. So if anyone's ever in Manhattan or whatever, just let me know. I like meeting up with the community sometimes in, in the city when I take a train in. Or just come to any of the conferences. We're even going to some around the world ones, like a Singaporean one in the future. So. Oh, wow. But of course, we will be linking everything from your website, the Twitters, things of that nature. So again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be with us here to inform us in the community about what you're doing. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It was great. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Cardano Convo podcast. Thanks to our sponsor, Loops Pool. If you're looking for a Cardano stake pool to delegate your ADA to, then think about delegating with Loops Pool. That is Loops, L-O-O-P-S. Also, leave us a five-star review and if you have feedback on today's episode, tweet us at Cardano Convo or send your emails to CardanoConvo at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and join us again next week for more Cardano Convos.